Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I got distracted there. Got to play the customized audio. Well, they're, I'm just waiting for them to tell me when we get going here since we're live streaming this. You're good. Oh, ready to go. Okay. Well, let me first say that, of course, the Federal Reserve, I would point you to them to speak to or provide analysis or speculation on anything uh, as it relates to inflation. Is the White House rethinking their opposition to new pipeline projects since one really important one goes offline and gas stations start running dry. I wouldn't say we look at it as it, through that prism. You know, if you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you, clearly. Um. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Alice Shattuck, I have to be honest with you. Yes. I was uh, distracted and forgot what I was doing for a moment because I was thinking of the day we have had today. And I was thinking of the fact that three different parties of complete a-holes <laughs> decided to... So we're, I'm writing my Substack today, and my, uh, my brother's over, and he's uh, working on his computer, and Alice has the other three kids, and we're doing whatever, we're buzzing back and forth, back and forth, whatever. Suddenly my brother says, oh, there are people in the yard. And so there we go. I said, people? What kind of people? And... We assume the worst. We assume that our little three-year-old has snuck out somewhere around the house and has attracted people because he rides his little plastic motorcycle on the sidewalk outside of the house. Mm -hmm. And so everybody becomes the Department of Youth Services immediately and Mm -hmm. descends upon him. And so three different parties all pulled up our side street, followed him as he walked. Well, yeah, because when he saw people, well, first of all, he just, he's not like, Heading out on the sidewalk to somewhere else. He's we have a driveway that goes around our house. Right, we're and on then, a corner lot, so he's on the so driveway. The driveway goes halfway around the house, and then there's sidewalk around the other two sides of the house. So he goes, he circles the house on right. his thing. He goes up one side of the driveway, down the other side of the driveway, and circles around. Right. So when these people accosted him, he then went back so, up our driveway, so, let himself uh, into the gate. So, so anyway, so so 
Yeah, so what happens is that he's been, and we don't like him to go out there, obviously. We don't like him anywhere near the roads. One of the reasons is because everybody makes it their business to intervene, to castigate us, is sometimes for minutes at a time, and then after it's all done, to subsequently call the police on us. Right. So that's what happened again today. So it was nice to see uh, uh, the local police officer. She's very nice and sweet. Officer nice. Danielle, I right? believe she's well. Let's awesome. not. Yes, yeah, let's not. Uh... No, she's great. I like her, and right. it's oh, not her fault. To, psychos but, 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 call the can... police on everybody. Correct. But we're a little goddamn sick of all these phone calls to the police, and I understand. Sometimes we've got four kids, and we got all sorts of. Sometimes when you have a crazy house like that, sometimes a little kid gets out and walks in. In, on the sidewalk with his little motorcycle as he's looping the house and sometimes he's there and we don't know it and we miss it and we're sorry we've got cameras set up and locks on doors and all sorts of stuff safeguards to make sure it doesn't happen and occasionally and I understand that you happens. all feel like you're doing a really good thing an important thing by then pulling over in the side street following him as he's trying to ride his little bicycle his little bicycle or on the sidewalk and then following him into our driveway and then into our yard where he now knows he's being followed and is trying to run home and get home. Mm-hmm. We understand that you feel like really good people doing that, but we would like you to f*** off and leave us the hell alone. <laughs> so Enough I, of this. So Enough. Under- this is the third, mm-hmm. and, the, and, and today we had to deal with three different people who were telling us, you just who wouldn't let it go. We get it. We messed up. Sorry, he got out of the house. He was on the sidewalk, which is not being in the street. I understand that. And for well, them they to, said and like by, in the street about five times. And I said, right. in the street? And they said, well, on the side, he could have gone in the street any minute. I go, well, yeah, but was he in the street or was he on the sidewalk one footstep outside of our yard? And they right. were like, well, he was on the sidewalk, but anything could have happened. People aren't right. expecting could have him happened. to That's be right. in the street. And right. I'm like, but he's not actually in the street, though. And we do. We let our kids go down to the mailbox where they have to right. step off of our grass and onto the... Uh, sidewalk momentarily and get the mail out of the mailbox and you know sometimes the three-year-old does go off of our grass and out of our driveway and onto the main sidewalk but i just what i don't understand i understand being concerned that you see a kid a little kid on the sidewalk what i don't understand is once the kid points the house and goes that's my house and then goes back up into his yard and lets himself into his gate and goes up to his door why you're still following him right that's and what then I don't to understand. see us to confront us to say by the way this is very important he could have gone in that street it's you wouldn't understand it and us we already said we already said i'm sorry and we already said thank you very much okay there you go you get your pat on the head for being a good citizen for then to then say well there's three different of us we're very worried so we all stopped and that street is very busy and then what did and they then, say honey and then they said and we all you know you know, we all this is very important because you know we all have places to be very important places to be and to do things so we took time out to do this and it's very and so now it's five minutes and we're still talking why are we still talking go now okay go now you've made us feel bad you've followed a kid uh, uh, and on his own sidewalk up his own property into our backyard i know you i'm like you're, you're in now our into yard. our lives okay, so he let you're, us in well yeah, yeah he, he let you into right. our yard like what he is just, wrong he with you the easter bunny you idiot <laughs> so so i understand so you've already got your pound of flesh from us so we're still talking why are we still talking did we not pass you the test of uh of this um uh, of of this uh, like inquiry board, did we not do well enough? Is that why then they subsequently then had to leave and then call the police? So we had to deal with the cops. Like, did, did was the tribunal not pleased with the lack of um of self flagellation that they saw out of us? <laughs> Apparently not. Well, she a, also sh- let us know. She told me that she's like he did trip and fall when he was in the driveway. I said, 
okay like yeah <laughs> sometimes kids trip and fall she goes i mean he tripped and fell in the driveway and i go right. okay well he seems to be walking okay and everything and she yeah. goes, <laughs> he trips and falls all the time yeah he's a you know? jerk watch our podcast you can see him trip and fall in this here is about incredible. five times and, and i love this and mm-hmm. It, the moment somebody, this thing where, oh, you know what? I'm going to call the police. There's a kid on a sidewalk. It's got to be the worst case scenario, definitely. It's not as if he's just doing rounds or he belongs to that house and whatever, and the parents are distracted for a second, you know? Mm-hmm. This is like, it, it, I'm, I hate these people. I'm sorry. I hate these people. I understand, and in, 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 in if it if it was a neutral situation, it was somebody else, maybe I would say, well, you know, they're just looking out for kids, being good neighbors. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of being looked on askance with, with, like we've screwed up or we're simply not getting it. You don't understand. You know, yeah. we have all sorts of moving parts. I mean, when I was a kid, we used to play in the street. Granted, not on a street that's busy like the street right. that we're on, but we used to play literally in the road and cars would have to pause and wait for us to move when they came down the road. And I'm sure you right. lived on a dead end. I'm sure you did but, too. Uh, the, the fact that so, they were there seven minutes and then eight minutes and nine, what are you doing? Why are you still standing here? What do you want us to do for you? What is it? Was I supposed to fashion a noose and hang myself <laughs> in the tree? Would that have been okay? I don't know what they wanted. I don't know what they wanted, but I mean, I don't... God, it's terrible. Terrible. Like, we have cameras. We, we, we have locks. The, we, we have all the things. Sometimes a kid still gets out of the door. He uses tools now to open. Yes. We have like hook and eye locks way up high on all our doors. He uses tools. He'll find a broom or whatever and poke the thing until he can get kids, it out. Yes. Sometimes and, kids get out of the house. Okay. Mm-hmm. Our good friends and listeners of this, they had their kid just bolt out of a daycare <laughs> across town and go home. You know, it... We don't like it, okay? Yeah, we didn't intend to have it happen. We didn't. We weren't trolling passing traffic, but you know, this is a town where generally not too much happens. It's a nice half rural town. There's horses around and things like that. You know, it's not as if there's going to be you know errant bullets flying around if our kids are outside. They're safe. The sidewalk is not the road. Yes, he could have gone on the road. That's absolutely true. He could have done a lot of things, but he didn't. So just screw. Leave us alone. Right. I mean, I, like I say, so I understand I mean, being worried. Like I could envision if I just saw a little kid outside on the sidewalk being like, hey, are you okay? Is this your house? Right. But then when they go, yeah, that's my house. And then they go back up into their own yard. That's when you're like, okay, cool. And you move on with your day. Right. That's right. like the end of the interaction then at that point. Yes. You get to face us in, the, in our own backyard. I wish we had a and we're going to talk about these animals. I wish we had a freaking pit bull in the back of the yard, and he mauled the hell out of them. That's what I wish, Alice. Mm-hmm. So now we've had. Now we're being written. We've got this. Is it's somebody called the cops on us last week? Somebody called the cops. The same mm-hmm. cop actually, who yeah. thankfully is fantastic. But I don't want to out her else. Okay. Um, but like, uh, do you understand? Well, you're making yourself feel like a good person and ratting somebody out for what seems to me is a human mistake when you have a bunch of kids that. The police write it down, and these things add up, you know, and it's the police can't ignore this stuff. So, once again, we've had to have the cops come over here. Very nice cops. They're great. Mm-hmm. And we've had to present our kids to them. Yeah. you know, Make it, sure they're all alive right. and dressed and whatever. Because God knows right. what we're capable of in this house because one kid took his little plastic bike and rode around the house. God. <sighs> Use people suck who do that. Who suck. Well, yeah. And by the way, I mean, like, obviously... We are people of uh, white privilege. But, like, people do that to black families all the time, and it ends up really damaging their lives, by the way. You know, they end up taking kids out of houses, and oh, is he tr- uh, I think uh, James oh, is trying, trying to, to keep, keep him up. 
Hey, James, somehow. you can let him you in You can now. let him this in, is, James. You can let him is, in. Okay, this is a wellness truck check for those of you on yep. YouTube so you can see that he's okay. Still alive. He's fine. Yes. This is the guy in the sidewalk. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey. <laughs> oh, man. Enough of that. So uh, so I've said my piece, Alice. Are you done with this part of the program? I'm all set with this. I'm all We're- set with this part of the program. It was a banner day for somebody in Washington Brain District in Columbia. Session, as well as for the way she likes to use one pet expression. Circle back, Jen Saki. Circle back. That's your way of saying to the media pack. If a fact's in doubt, you'll go find things out and give more details when you circle back. You're no hack, Jen Saki. You're no hack. All right, the non-hack, circling back, Jen Saki, was absolutely very helpful today. Very, very helpful today. Uh, especially when it came to things like inflation, which is, seems to be now a, a fact of life. It Welcome, Alice, you missed it the first time around, but welcome yeah. to 1977. Exciting. I've in, always wanted yes, to Yes, inflation is here, 70s. and mm-hmm. uh, lines at gas stations are back. I do remember Woo-hoo. some of those, and we need to fill up the other car. And But, but even we though, just need a hostage even though there's now, right? no, the media has told us there are no lines at all, and there's mm-hmm. no serious gas shortage. No because, gas shortage. Because we due to the uh, hacking attack, the spyware, mm-hmm. uh, what's it, ransomware attack? Right. Yeah. Even though we're told there isn't, um, there are people waiting in lines all over social media trying to get gas. So we're just yeah gonna... in many states. Not that I don't. We're trust talking about this... like Florida, Georgia, both the Carolinas, Virginia. It's I mean like it's the whole southeast of the United States has gas stations that are out of gas and lines of cars around yes. the block. When you've got the uh, Janet Yellen saying um, and and others in the administration saying there's no big problem uh, with with uh, gas shortages right now, but please don't go out and hoard. I've heard that before, oddly right. enough. I mean, the thing is, too, though, is like the, I mean, the gas, the, Toilet paper hoarding thing was like sort of believable because you can actually hoard toilet paper. It's pretty hard to hoard gas. Like some people have a ton of gas cans lying around, but not most people. And like these, I've heard people say like, oh, a bunch of people are going out and topping off their tanks who don't really need gas. That's why we're running out. Like that can't account for that much gas. Like they were going to have to get gas tomorrow or the next day anyway. Right. Like you can only put so many gallons in your car. You only have so many gas cans. Like I don't think I have not yet seen anybody with like a van full of gas cans that they're filling up at the gas station. Well, then let's ask some important questions of Jen Psaki. Is the White House rethinking their opposition to new pipeline projects since one really important one goes offline and gas stations start running dry? Good question. Are they thinking about um, rejiggering the pipeline ban? since we've had now this crisis? I wouldn't say we look at it as through that prism, Peter. We look at it, we analyze uh, both the impact, the economic impact, as well as the environmental impact. And that will certainly remain the case, but we look at different, each pipeline project uh, individually. Uh, (laughs) I would like it if they looked through it, at it through that prism, though, just briefly, considering we all drive gas vehicles. We all need to drive. Most of us need to drive gas. We don't look at the uh, gas industry through the prism of whether or not the American people can buy gas 
for a reasonable price. That's not no, no. The the lines of people needing to get gas and not being able to fill up their cars so they can like go to their doctor's appointments. That's no, that's not the prism that we look at it through. Mm-mm. Yeah, so we won't be rethinking anything. Is the short answer to that, Peter? I'm sorry about that. If the solution for this pipeline going offline is for oil producers to start using rail cars and oil tankers as uh, floating storage, and uh, for the EPA to start letting gas stations sell lower quality fuel that is not as clean burning. How is the president showing U.S. climate leadership? Well, Peter, I think what the president's trying to do in this moment in time is ensure that uh, the American people know that we're going to work to address this current challenge uh, and that he is going to use uh, all of the assets. Work to address this current challenge. Uh, and resources at his disposal in departments. And you saw that as evidence from what our Secretary of Homeland Security talked about, what our Secretary of Energy talked about to address, to address these current challenges. And he doesn't want people on the East Coast and the Southeast uh, to uh, worry. He doesn't want them to uh, to uh, he wants them to have an understanding of the fact that the government is all over this and we're working to address it uh, and address their needs as quickly as possible. Well, if he doesn't want them to worry, and I understand it, the, and the fact he that he's trying to do some emergency stuff, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't want them to worry, then how about looking at it through the prism of uh, those people who have concerns about closed pipelines, especially when we are uh, removing pipeline pipelines? And stopping projects. Mm-hmm. Also, yesterday, didn't she say that they didn't have an opinion on whether or not the company should pay the ransom because they're a private company and it's not their problem? I don't know the details of this thing. What, what's so, going on? Is this one of those things where you have to give them 8000 bucks or else they'll... they'll- so it's a ransomware attack. So they do want money. It's a Russian hacking group called Darkside. But is... It's okay. So what's the difference? What is... What is... I understand these attacks where like they'll go in and they'll... Uh, threaten to shut down police stations like 911 call center and so you got to Venmo them 500 bucks and then a lot of times the towns just do it you know mm-hmm. I understand that but it, it, ransomware sounds like it, it's a particular kind of virus or um no so it's a it's the type of attack so they don't include they call it like big game hunting attacks where they target an organization that they feel has a lot of money Mm-hmm. That has the financial means to pay this, and um, and the dark side group has said they sort of apologized for this a little bit obliquely and said like, oh, we try not to target things that actually have a social impact. We're not geopolitical. They are a Russian group though, and they do they've avoided targeting Russia or Russian allies businesses because they're uh, you know they're trying not to get cracked down on by the Russian government. But I think that in particular. This attack on this oil infrastructure really raises a question of to what degree they're just staying on the good side of the Russian government and to what degree they actually are in bed with them. I mean, Russia is a little like China in that sense, where anything that's in Russia is kind of in bed with the Russian government. But, um, you know, I think it's a little bit of an open question still right now whether or not they're, you know, how how much they're an arm of the Russian government and how much they're their own thing. They claim they're their own thing. They're saying it's just about the money. We don't attack hospitals. We're not bad guys. We just are attacking companies for money. We So they do like a very detailed financial analysis of the company to try and find companies that they feel can pay. And now they've um, attacked this pipeline. So that's shut down. It's been shut down fully. They've started to bring some of these like ancillary pipelines back online, but it could be bef- until this weekend before. Wow. And that supplies, you know, like half the gas on the East Coast, basically.
So dang, yeah, it's it's a really big deal, and it's a really big deal. Um, you know, because because of the Russia connection, obviously. As yeah, well. well, I've never heard of this. Uh, this this colonial pipeline. I, I just don't know a lot about this. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that one single carrier handles half the <laughs> half the uh, gas in the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Holy hell! All right, that's fine. All right, Jensaki, back to the inflation question. This is, uh, I would say, crucial right now because Americans are noticing it. You're noticing it when you buy meat, certainly lumber, all sorts of other commodities. Uh, things are getting more expensive. We are expecting new inflation numbers out tomorrow, and I'm wondering if the gas price surge and the continuous commodity surge, like lumber, is changing the administration's outlook at all on inflation. Well, let me first say that, of course, the Federal Reserve, I would point you to them to speak to or provide analysis or speculation on anything uh, as it relates to inflation. Or Now, hold on. I want to go back to the question here. We are expecting new inflation numbers out tomorrow, and I'm wondering if the gas price surge and the continuous commodity surge, like lumber, is changing the administration's outlook at all on inflation. Well, the question was, is it changing the administration's outlook on inflation? Right. Let me first say that, of course, the Federal Reserve, I would point you to them to speak to or provide analysis or speculation on anything uh, as it relates to inflation. She wasn't asking for analysis and speculation. She was wanting to know if the administration's outlook on inflation has changed. Right. That's it. She knows that the Federal Reserve exists. She knows that, uh, you know, other agencies exist. She wants to know about the administration the administration's outlook on inflation. Or the impact of uh, certain external actions. I will say, as we've said in here before, but we'll reiterate that, of course, we take uh, the possibility of inflation quite seriously uh, as you know, actions that have been taken to date or proposals that have been made. Uh, most economic analysts have believed that it will have a temporary or transitory impact. But in terms of analysis on current events, I would point you to the Federal Reserve. We want... To know that you're acknowledging what's happening right. in current events. Do you see it? And what is, or is that the answer, that it's transitory? That's mm-hmm. it. We think it's going to be brief. So, yeah. so far, this is the initial coronavirus response. Right. Well, it might be brief if we actually <clears throat> cut off the flow of all the cash that they're dumping into the economy. But since there's no sign that they're not going to that they're not going to keep doing this. Well, that has nothing to do with it. I was told by Anna Presley and members of the administration that people are worried mm-hmm. about the coronavirus. They're worried about being beat up because yep. of masks. They're worried about they can't get uh, daycare. And there are many other reasons uh, why people can't find work, but the checks are not one of them. That's what I'm told. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That was Jen Saki today, not being transparent, uh, not even telling us she'll circle back about mm-hmm. inflation. Just to, you know, go speak to the Fed. That's their thing. Of course, it's not her thing because she won't be affected by it. She's in the D.C. Beltway. She is safe from all of these uh, mundane uh, these concerns. Ills. Correct. But the best, the, the quote of the day was Jennifer Granholm mm-hmm. of the Department of Energy. And listen to this response. Tell me if you feel like somebody is looking out for you or sneering at you, uh, patronizing you, and looking down on you. But looking more holistically in a macro view, how does this speed up the efforts at DOE to move in more of a renewable direction since this is going to have an impact on people at the pump? Yeah, I mean, we obviously are all in on making sure that we meet the president's goals of getting to 100% clean electricity by 2035 and uh, net zero carbon emissions by 2050. 
And um, in other words, we think it's awesome. What's happening? Yeah, it's good. Can we shut down more pipelines? You know, if you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you clearly. Um, but see that sucker? <laughs> Should have got a Tesla. Yep, on you. You guys have it coming. Sorry about that. You're still living you know, as if you're not, uh, you know, somebody making two hundred eighty thousand dollars a year. You <laughs> idiots! You should have been. You should have chosen to be more elite, like we are. You know, we're not affected. You should have a charging station at your house, and there wouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, that solves that problem for them. I guess we'll just keep the pipeline shut down. Um. Okay, let's go to Biden, Alice. He had an off day today. Not. He's had worse. But he had an off day today. <laughs> well, they're, I'm just waiting for them to tell me when we get going here since we're live streaming this. You're good. Yeah, you're good, sir. You were 25 seconds ago, too, when we told you you were good. <laughs> well, they're, I'm just waiting for them to tell me when we get going here since we're live streaming this. You're good. Oh, ready to go. Okay. Well, first of all, hi, everybody. It's good. I'm supposed to look over here and not at you guys. Yeah, great. Oh. <laughs> I don't have to read everything necessarily. Uh, he worked. He sludged, trudged his way through the teleprompter. Phase. And to help us get there, we've added two new tools. One, uh, Americans can go to vaccines.gov or they can text their zip code to three, excuse me, misspoke. Their zip code texted to four three eight eight two nine. Yeah, sounds like excellent messaging. Yeah, maybe they should have just had somebody else read this. I don't know that it was necessary right. to have him personally out there. He's for this not one. good with numbers, website names, numbers, facts, and figures like that. Uh, he trips over himself here and there as well. Mr. Mayor, city, everywhere I've been hearing all around the country, you're trying your breast, but it never feels like enough. <laughs> All while raising their prices on prescription jugs that union families and working people have to rely on. And in the process, by the way, he's trying to do away with all health care in America. Think about it. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Don't worry. It's all gonna be over soon. Come on. Learning to live with it. Come on. All you teachers out there, not that many of you are going to die, so don't worry about it. Come on. Come on. Come on, folks. Saying we had a good relationship with Hitler before he, in fact, invaded Europe, the rest of Europe. Come on. Lecturing me on Social Security and Medicare? Come on. Let him go bankrupt. Come on. Come on. A little light, uh, light content, Alice. Considering mm-hmm. they're we're angry today, angry, 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 angry. <sighs> oh, okay. Mm, let's see. As far as sound goes, Biden in uh, no Megan McCain with Stacey Abrams. Does this do anything for us, really? Does it? She just flax. Who is? What? Why? Why well, is Stacey Abrams a, a thing anyway? The focus on the economy is too masculine. Okay, fine. U.S. economy only added 266,000 jobs last month, which was far less than the more than 1 million that was expected. It was so bad that there were reporters on air that had to double check the number to make sure they had actually read it correctly, not to mention that the fact that all of the jobs went to men. Is this a clear indication that throwing money at this problem isn't working? 
Actually, I would state it a different way. We know this is a complicated challenge, a pandemic that's affected the economy for women in devastating ways. And the notion that recovery would happen overnight is just, un it's unfounded. Instead, what we're seeing are the combination of being able to survive the pandemic and start to build towards recovery. And I think that's why the American Jobs Plan and the American Families Plan are both so incredibly important because it recognizes that the economy of care, which employs so many women, has got to be seen as an essential part of how we rebuild our economy and that it is insufficient for us to simply focus on the more traditional masculine areas of the economy, recognizing that we have to have women in every area, but that in particular women what? have been hardest hit and therefore we need intentional engagement and intervention yeah. to rebuild it back more solidly. Yeah. Now let's the talk was too about masculine. your. The economy was too masculine, honey. So as we're building back better, we have to build back the care economy, which means we employ more women and more women of color. It's not enough just to have the economy come back and no. jobs to be back and the, the stock market to be back. The solution to our totally uh, cocking up of the economy is to us do it tenfold. Is more of it. <laughs> Yeah. That is it. We screwed you. We had a pandemic, so we screwed you all over. And now, instead of just letting you go back to normal, we're going to fix the things that we believed were wrong with the economy beforehand when the economy was doing totally fine. So that's great. So I'm going to I'm going to be on WTIC tomorrow, which is Wednesday mm -hmm. and Thursday and Friday. And I'll keep the story for there because I don't want to ruin everybody's day over this. But a small child was killed by a canine. In Connecticut, on Monday evening around 8.30 p.m., Norwich police officers responded to a home for a reported dog attack. Upon arrival, officers found an infant boy who had been mauled by a dog described as a blank mix. Alice, I'll give you a hint. Uh, the Yorkie? <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> Yorkie mix. Yes, that is uh -huh. remarkable. Okay. Yes, another Yorkie has uh, <laughs> snuffed out a, a tiny life in Connecticut. No, of course, that is the pitted bull. Mm -hmm. A pitted bull uh, killed a child, and they're, they're, uh, the pitted bulls damage all sorts of kids every year. Right. And we tolerate this. I don't know why. They're ridiculous dogs to have. I know that you have one. If you have one, that, you that yours You can see a couple behind Tom as he speaks. Yeah, I, I have, <laughs> that's right. Can, you see, can they see the whole thing? Um, now they can. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's... And your lights aren't on. on your oh, God, pulls. Alice, you got to tell Sorry, me. Sorry, I just know This is my Himalayan salt rock lights. You left yours on last Around night. Around your pitted bulls. There you on go. my pitted bulls, there's two here um, engaging in combat, which mm -hmm. is something that the pitted bull is good for. I realize that you may think these dogs are wonderful, and some of them are the sweetest things in the world, and yes, they are. But unfortunately, like what happened with this little tiny child is that unbeknownst to anybody, somebody has walked into the pit bull's invisible kill zone, and then the dog acts on that, and his powerful, uh, you know, shark teeth and jaws wrap around the kids and destroy them. Mm -hmm. So this dog is a suck breed. It's, it is not conducive to living around kids and families. Right. I'm sorry. I, I know you might have one. You think they're the best thing in the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at Lulu or Bella or whatever benign uh, anodyne name you've given your potential killer. That's fine. But these dogs are little monsters and they got to go. <laughs> Except for the one I'm going to keep in our backyard for when uh, nosy townspeople decide that they are going to I play. thought about losing Pepper on them. Actually. I don't think that would have done anything. The neighbor's dog, the chicken killer, would have done something. Mm. 
So that is where I am. But I'm not going to complain, Alice. You know what? Life's too short. It's too short to worry. You know what I? You know what I say, Alice? I say don't sweat the small stuff, and it's all small stuff. Good one, honey. Good one. You know? I noticed that about you. You seem very relaxed and calm as small I, inconveniences attack you. I don't know how to take my. Um, I don't know how to take my. Um, Anger home with me, Alice. Especially mm-hmm. when so much good is happening. Meghan Markle has a new gig, right? Yeah, so this is besides her children's book, their Netflix deal, their new podcast, Prince Harry's various consultation gigs for like woke uh, fake executive positions at various companies. Um, they have a new project now, which... You can go ahead and detail because I don't have it in front of me. You started. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. It oh, is. they have a multi-year partnership with Procter & Gamble for their company, Archiwell, God. Uh, to support gender equality, more inclusive online spaces, and impact through athletics. So there you go. The priority, priority of the collaboration is gender equality, echoing the Duchess's longtime support for women and girls even before she was a royal. It's going to uplift the work that their company, Archiwell, is doing with groups like Girls, Inc. and the National Women's Law Center. It will also highlight Procter & Gamble's work with ProMundo to empower men and boys to advocate for gender equity. So, there you go. Very important work that they're up to. Um, I assume they're making next to nothing from all these very important efforts. The one thing I don't understand is how they're still allowed to call themselves the Duke and Duchess of Sussex since they quit being royals. Why are they still allowed to do this? Like her children's book says it's by the Duchess of Sussex. How are they allowed to still trade on the British royal family titles when they when they've quit doing it? You know, it's not like the hardest job in the world. I recognize that there are lots of social pressures and stuff. But, you know, for the amount of money that you get from the British taxpayer to be a royal, it's really not like that big an inconvenience that you have to go to ribbon cuttings and know how to curtsy and stuff. I understand that that's too hard for Megan, but... Oh, like, Alice. I, how vicious of you. Very I don't catty. like her. I don't like her. Why not? I do like her. I like a good opportunist. I like somebody... I like a good, powerful female romantic storm that goes I, in and decimates <laughs> a victim. I miss Iraq well, War front lines, that, Harry. Most of the men have been that uh, victim one time or another. I want to give a special um, nod to Susan Collins of Maine, Alice, mm-hmm. who took it to Dr. Rochelle Walensky, who's made the mistake several times, which is why she's going to get tossed soon, made the mistake several times of uh, telling the truth to the American people. Mm-hmm. The administration is not, that is no bueno when it comes to the politicization of this COVID-19 virus. And that is what they're trying to do with it. Susan Collins, both barrels by Susan Collins to uh, Director Rochelle Walensky. Dr. Walensky, I used to have the utmost respect for the guidance from the CDC. I always considered the CDC to be the gold standard. I don't anymore. Vicious. Vicious hit, and she's right. She shouldn't anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, this was all about how the mask rules are ridiculous because we're saying that 
um, you know, vaccinated people don't have to wear masks outside and that most people don't really have to wear masks outside unless they're in very close contact. Places are lifting mask mandates for outdoors everywhere. And yet camps need to have kids wear masks the entire time. So there, there's a lack of consistency there, which people are just starting to point out. We also know that today the New York Times just did a big piece on um, outdoor transmission and it's lower than we've ever thought that it was so and they called the cdc in this piece explicitly misleading this is the new york times this is not like breitbart news saying that the cdc is being misleading this is the new york times saying that the cdc is misleading they say that uh, the cdc announcement that less than 10 percent of covid transmissions occur outdoors is akin to saying that sharks attack fewer than twenty thousand swimmers a year when the actual worldwide number is 150 it's true <laughs> but it's deceiving um so they're Ooh. saying so they're saying that this is based on faulty data that there have been several studies and one of the studies that they based a lot of this on was a study in which um they coded indoor and outdoor transmission and saw how many cases were transmitted indoors and outdoors. So they studied almost 11,000 worldwide instances of transmission and 95% of them occurred outdoors. So that's about 1%. So less than 10%, but about 1% were classified as outdoors. But wait, it gets even worse. All of the 95 cases of quote unquote outdoor transmission are from construction sites in Singapore. Why would this be, you ask? Because construction sites from Singapore are not actually outdoors. So the study authors were trying to be conservative. And when they saw construction sites as a classification of places where it was transmitted, they coded that as outdoors because they just figured like construction sites could be indoors or outdoors, but we don't really know. So we just we want to conservatively see, you know, we want the biggest possible chance of something being outdoors. So but. As it turns out, all the construction sites and when you dig into the data, all of the transmissions actually were indoors. So out of the 11,000 places, cases of transmission that the study authors examined, none of them were outdoors. Uh, And they've done similar ones. In China, they had a study, I believe, was it 7,000 people, this study? 7,324 cases in China found one instance of outdoor transmission involving a close conversation between two people. So it's what a fraud. What a total fraud. Almost impossible. They're saying that it's much closer to one in a thousand cases happens by outdoor transmission and probably even lower. They're saying much, much less than one percent of the cases that are being transmitted are transmitting outdoors. So <laughs> this is um the the data that we have, but the what are we CDC, doing then? Wearing masks, running around. It's what ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So the God, CDC. This is so the New York Times reached out to the CDC and said, "How do you justify this?" Less, uh, you know, about 10% of transmission is happening outdoors. And they said, we have limited data on outdoor transmission. The data we do have supports the hypothesis that the risk of outdoor transmission is low. 10% is a conservative estimate from a systematic review of peer-reviewed papers. We cannot provide the specific risk level for every activity in every community and err on the side of protection when it comes to recommending steps to protect health. So... So sorry for effing with you for the last year and a half, destroying lives and businesses and the mental health of so many of you. Sorry about that, but you know what? We're just out of an abundance of caution. What a bunch of monsters. So outdoor transmission is just practically like not a thing at all. It's just not right. even really. It doesn't. So what are we doing now? Why? Why are we going to have another game this week with my daughter? And they're all going to wear masks. 
Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the person who works for government who says it's over, it's fine? Oh, mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you what happened today, Alice. Oh, okay. My brother and I went out for tripe this afternoon. Right. So we went to a place called, a magical place called Salem, New Hampshire, to a restaurant called Ralphie's. Mm-hmm. It's an Italian restaurant. Okay. And had, we walked in, and on the window, on the front door, there was this this note. And I took a picture of it because I was so blown away. <sighs> you ready? I'm ready. You excited? Mm-hmm. I'm waiting with bated breath. My front door was this note. Following New Hampshire's new guidelines, masks will now be optional for all customers and staff. Thank you, the Fioli family, the owners. Beautiful. We opened up the doors, and there were diners, Mm -hmm. staff, people at the bar drinking next to each other with no masks, no social distancing. We were in a booth next to other people, no masks. It was the first time that we've had the sensation that I personally have the sensation of because we walked in there with our masks on. You know how right now when you walk in somewhere and you don't have a mask, you you, you feel like you forgot your you pants feel, you or judge, something, or you panic, mm-hmm. or uh, like in a, in the baseball field, you know, you're, you're like, oh my god, I, I should be. I, you, there's this, uh, there's this, uh, you know, uh, complex that you right. got that is involved. Mm-hmm. For the first time in a year, I felt it in reverse. Mm-hmm. I felt like a freaking fool with my mask on there because <laughs> I'm wearing. Might as well be wearing a freaking a clown nose, <laughs> really, because these things are so idiotic in reality at this point. Mm-hmm. And everybody in there, they were back to normal America, right. and right. it was freaking wonderful. I put the mask away and didn't think about it again. It was great to see people at the bar, a couple, a young couples on a date sitting next to each other. Back to America was is New Hampshire. It's a crazy feeling. God, what, what are we doing in Massachusetts? We're so close to New Hampshire. Why don't <laughs> we know. just make one well, more step? You'll be glad to know that I sent the New York Times article to my buddy, the health agent in West Newbury, um, who's my friend, who because the town, for some reason, thought it would be a good idea to put his cell phone number on the town website during the crisis so that he could respond to things without going into the office. So now I text him all the time about if the playgrounds are open and when are the mask mandates going away. So I sent him the New York Times article and I said, you know, Oh, I saw this article today about how masks really are not important in an outdoor setting because there's virtually no transmission outdoors. And I hope that this information helps you as you're making your decision about uh, what to do about guidelines in West Newbury. Uh, Just helping out. (laughs) But um, I got some inside info on my buddy, the West Newbury health agent, by the way. So, uh, okay. What? I, I don't know that we should be giving away the name of the exact town necessarily and okay. please oh. the names of people who work in the town there's it's four public people info. In town. i didn't give his name i called okay. him the health agent okay okay good. there's no way to find out good all right so anyway dave in florida wrote to us um he says he grew up in our town that i won't name yes in the 1980s, which was gold. Besides college, he lived locally, including here until 2009 when his fam relocated to the Free Republic of Florida. It's fun to have my vote for president actually mean something now that I'm in a swing state. I loved hearing you ripping the Board of Health. I know you probably know the health agent. He gave a nickname for him that I won't repeat here because now I'm in trouble with Tom. I grew up with that guy and worked with him at a local engineering firm until he took that job. I still vividly remember in 1994, I was quietly working at our office. 
when the new guy we hired came in and I saw that it was him. I realized I could no longer have fun at work. He was such a buzzkill. I guess I can thank him for making me more productive. So at that job, I spent many hours in front of the Board of Health Planning Board Conservation Commission. It really helped solidify my take on private property rights. And he said, I see Tom's point about the coaches wearing masks and not wanting to cause a stir down at the field. But Alice is correct and roasted you Incorrect. big time, Tom. Take that thing off and we'll put it in your you. pocket out of sight. If people want to make you wear it, smile, wave and throw it on to help them deal with their neuroses. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, Alice, I missed some of the audio that you sent along, including this TikTok uh, Weber's Wave Films. Mm-hmm. Is that something I can just play here or is it dirty? Um, it's the odd fellow. I don't remember. You're already going to have to clean up swears, though, so go ahead. TikTok. What does this, ha- what does this have to do with anything? Somebody says... It's mi- about children being with drag queens. Okay, children being with drag queens. And, and the, the, the person talking to is... Is a drag queen. Is a drag queen. His uh, name is, I think, Kitty Demure. And okay. he is he uses he his pronouns. But he's spoken out on this issue before. So but this was a little video that was on the internet today. Telling people to keep their kids out of drag and keep your kids out of our gay clubs. I saw that the other day. Uh, there was a video of these two kids walking down some drag show. Yeah. So I'm sort of blending the two messages together because I think at some point they do come together. Obviously, when we're seeing 12-year-olds dressed as girls and women, I'm stripping for gay men, throwing them dollar bills on a stage. It's it's just, I don't know why we have to, us, me as a, as a homosexual, has to tell people, keep your kids out of my life. You know, keep your kids innocent and pure as long as you can. And, you, you know, they'll, they'll discover their own sex life. They'll discover their own sexualities. And drag's not a sexuality. It's an art form. What do, what do you feel about the whole uh, story hour, drag queen story hour? Oh, I think it's stupid. I, I think it's damaging. I think it will actually lead to more confusion of gay children. Can we vote for this person for president <laughs> or governor or city council, school committee? Wherever this person is, he's an odd looking dude. Mm-hmm. His makeup has been better than it is in that video. Another video. I love this man, Alice. This? Okay. I, I, I don't care. I, mm-hmm. I want this person to be. I, I, I want simply common sense is all I look right. for now. That's all I'm looking for. I want this person to be representing us in some way. Mm-hmm. God, all we needed was to not be a psychotic bunch of boneheads. Uh oh, somebody's ratted me out to Stelter. Wonderful hear from him. Dun. Oh, somebody tagged Stelter into your thing. Dun, dun. Yeah, Tom wrote on his Substack today about the ratings demise of CNN and uh, how their gambit to make themselves into a 24-hour ro- role of uh, Tucker Carlson criticism is not working out for them ratings-wise. Yep, do stuff. You know what? Sign up for my Substack. Uh, mm-hmm. It's you get. It doesn't cost anything. It can cost something if you want to, but if you just want the free ones, but well, you won't get this one. You know, just steal it from somebody. Somebody will get it. You know, find somebody who's paying for it and bribe them with a beer or a mm-hmm. some tripe to for that. Well, uh, also we always when we post it on social media, we give you, we try and give you enough of a gist so you get the idea of. Of what the point is. And then, um, yeah, you know, you can decide if you want to sign up to pay for something or you can just uh, check out the free post. There's always at least one free post a week. So, Lordy. All right. So we do have this Rand Paul stuff, but you kind of covered that, didn't you? 
No, we didn't get to that at all. Did you not? That was mass. This is Wuhan Institute of Virology. This is a separate issue. This is what, if you watch Tucker last night, you'll you'll see this. The, the, the Wuhan Center for Virology, whatever it is. Institute of Institute Virology. Institute of Virology got some money kicked over to them care of uh, Dr. Fauci. And our, and us. Right, we, and us. The taxpayer Dr. Dollars. Fauci's money is our money, really. Right. Uh, um, but there's a question. So if you remember last year, this was like a big conspiracy theory. They tried to like cancel Tom Cotton because he dared to suggest that maybe this virus could have gotten out of this lab that's in Wuhan where they do um, virus where they do virus research. And one of the reasons people are really concerned about it is that they were doing something that's called gain of function research. So it's possible they were studying viruses and this isn't. So it's possible that the official story is correct and that. This is just a virus that came from nowhere in the wet markets, and we don't know how it came to be. Uh, there's also a possibility that at this lab where they were doing virus research, uh, you know, they were researching this virus and it somehow leaked out of the lab, whether in a lab animal that got out or from a person that was infected with it or had some, you know, took some sample out of the lab. Who knows? Whatever. But there's an accidental leak theory. But then. There's also the idea that this is not that it still could be accidental, but that it could be a virus that is not fully naturally occurring to whatever extent. Because one of the things that Fauci has wanted to fund um, is called gain of function research, which mm -hmm. means that they take existing viruses and they experiment with them to see which types of mutations, which types of spike proteins on the virus make them more transmissible and more deadly. So they do research on the viruses ostensibly to, you know, know what to do if we ever end up with one of these that happens naturally, but they actually take some of them and they make them more deadly on purpose or more transmissible on purpose in order to experiment with it. So that's called gain of function research. So it's, so there's a theory that, you know, that they were doing this and that's what got out. But that, I mean, there's also people who think it was released purposely by the Chinese government as right. a bioweapon. So there's like a range of possibilities here and none of them is really fully eliminated. But um, anyway, Rand Paul goes after Dr. Fauci for this in government Congress authorities self-interested in continuing gain of function research say there's nothing to see here. Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth, the U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. Juicing up super viruses is not new. Scientists in the U.S. have long known how to mutate animal viruses to infect humans. For years, Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute, sharing his discoveries about how to create super viruses. This gain-of-function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the U.S. and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Doctors Barrick and Shi worked together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus and then use this man-made supervirus to infect human airway cells. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding 
of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan. Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect <laughs> that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute Do they fund of Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund gain, Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? D Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. Not you don't think in he's Germany. not doing that it, but if he's is, he's doing a very good job. Okay. The Institute into the SARS virus is gain of function. That is you would not be in the minority because at least two hundred scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not, and if you look at the grant and you look at the uh, progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that. So do you still support sending money <laughs> I to love Fauci being agitated. I love it. <laughs> the Wuhan Virology Institute. We do not send money now to the to Wuhan. We don't now. We support Institute. sending money. We did, under your tutelage. We were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency right. and a sub-grant. Do you support that the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected Or perhaps it would be irresponsible China. to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. Government scientists like yourself who favor gain-of-function research... I don't favor gain-of-function research in China. You are saying naturally. things that are not correct. <laughs> I just uh, in the past have sent money to people who are working uh, with a lab in China I doing gain-of-function research, which isn't really gain-of-function research because I'm going to quibble with you about the definition of exactly what changes they're making to the virus uh, and whether or not goodness. that actually qualifies That has brightened my mood research. one heck of a lot, Alice. i got to no, tell man. you. Wait! What? I had another thing. Oh. I'm going to brighten your mood more. Oh. So uh, Mara Gay at the New York Times did a little... Mara Gay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did a little quiz for some of the mayoral hopefuls in, uh, in New York. She asked them what the median price of a home in Brooklyn is. And uh, she asked them what the rent is in Manhattan. So, um, good question to ask to see if these people are, mm -hmm. um, you know, have their ear to the grindstone, I say else. Yeah. So Margay says, thanks. Do you happen to know what the median sales price for a home in Brooklyn is right now? And, uh, Sean Donovan replied in Brooklyn, huh? I don't for sure. I would guess it's around a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Maybe at the uh, turn of the century. And she said, it's $900,000. Right. And he said, median home, including apartments? And she said, thanks. And uh, just answer this question. To This is to now Ray McGuire, another yeah. mayoral interviewee. Thanks. And just answer this question to the best of your ability. What is the median sales price for a home or apartment in Brooklyn? He says, in Brooklyn, that number has gone up now. It depends where in Brooklyn. And she says, just average for the borough, the median. 
And he goes, it's got to be somewhere in the $80,000, dollars range, <laughs> if not higher. And he responded, 900 th- And she responded that it's Where the hell is the rent is too damn high guy? Get him out here. Hello. <laughs> yeah. So uh, then she did the same with Andrew Yang, where she asked him... Um, we have a bit of a pop quiz. Just answer the best you can. What? Uh, actually, that's a different. He aced another question here, but that's a different one. What's the median price for a home in Brooklyn? And he said, oh, my gosh, Brooklyn, such a diverse place. And she said, you're the math guy. And he said, I know I'm the math guy, but this is like a median. This is blowing my mind, this question. So median home could be any size, right? So some of them could be very substantial, but you're looking at the median. So you have to whittle it down. I would say that the median, it's going to be something much higher than it should be. So the number that popped into my mind is $900,000. Yang, man. She says, that's exactly right. He goes, no way. I was going to go with 800 or 900,000. And she says, what's the median rent for an apartment in Manhattan? Again, you're looking at like, you know, different types of apartments and all the rest of it. The number that's popping into my head, I really should hone in on one bedrooms because I figure that's the median, right? So like a one bedroom in Manhattan probably costs you. There's been something of a decline, but the range in my head is like $2,800 to $3,000 a month. And she says, very good. It's just under $3,000. We'll take it. Yang, man. She also asked him. My buddy follows me on Twitter, Alice. Mm -hmm. We're friends. We've talked about stuff before, you know, which makes me cool. You know, I'm glad you mentioned Yang because I want to tell you something about him. Right. People talk about his crazy policies and this and that, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now at this point, universal basic income is almost like an aside thing. That wasn't We already one have thing. it now. Right, so. right now we have it. Now we're giving away everything. So that's fine. And he's got some wacky ideas about this and that. Mm-hmm. But. And, and I've been thinking about that. People say, like, uh, well, people tend to like him. People tend mm-hmm. to there's he's he's a force for positivity. Yeah. So, and I listen to a lot of people, a lot of podcasts, and they talk about him and say like, well, he tends to do well here and there and there, whatever. Mm-hmm. And he could very well be the next mayor of New York. So my feeling with Andrew Yang is that I, I would vote for him, even though I am, we're probably opposed on the, our politics. I mean, he's a somewhat progressive guy mm-hmm. with some far out left field ideas as well. Well, he's in trouble right now because he tweeted support for Israel and Stephen Miller complimented him. Right. Not Red well, Steve's, Trump, right. Nazi Stephen Miller. So he's so here's my in thing. trouble with all the progressives now. Here's mm-hmm. my thing. I heard somebody, I think it was John Podhoritz on the commentary mm-hmm. podcast say, that uh, Americans go by this uh, this uh, you know feeling about candidates that is he somebody you could have a beer with, right? Obviously, that's an old you know thing mm-hmm. that everybody always uses this. Well, my feeling on Yang is, for me, and for people like me, is that I feel like he's somebody I have had a beer with. Hmm. I feel like such a cultural connection to Andrew Yang. He would fit in with uh, dudes I know. I could get a beer with him immediately and pick up in conversation about any number of things, shared experiences and cultural experiences we've had. We're about the same age. I think I'm a little older, maybe. Um, we, You're about the same amount of successful in life? Well, <laughs> we both married down. Um, <laughs> no, um, 
but no, what I'm saying is this. Remember where we had our, when we lived in Melrose, mm-hmm. our next door neighbor, our our neighbor Junior, who was yep. from born and raised in Brazil. Right. Even though Junior was born and raised in Brazil, and I was born and raised in Winchester, in Massachusetts, and my friend Jay was born and raised in Lowell, Massachusetts, and yep. and uh, you know, and our friend Jason who listens is our friend. Uh, grew up in Methuen, I think, or whatever. We're we all have essentially the same cultural experience. We grew up watching the same stuff. We grew up, uh, you know, having the same general value system. Uh, we grew up all, you know, the United States were the good guys. The Russians were the bad guys. Um, it, just culturally, Rambo was good. Stallone meant something good. Arnold was good. We all knew all the lines from all those things, etc. Uh, we we all got into video games. We all liked women and, uh, and you know, we're, we're young men, you know, ham-handedly trying to impress women to sometimes very little effect, whatever. <laughs> um, and we all believed in freedom and getting out, getting your license and getting the hell out of Dodge and having fun and grabbing a beer. And, and I feel like with Yang is I'm so familiar with him. That I'm willing to over, that I almost have a trust that the the experiences and if you're people listening right now, if you're around the same age group, probably, mm-hmm. and probably if you're a guy, then you know that guy. Yeah, there's everybody has. He's like one of your friends, mm-hmm. and that I could, and now more than ever, it's it, seeing the world go crazy. I know somebody from planet 1985 has been through some of the same things and so well right and yang also still acts like a normal human being which in politics is actually very rare because most of the people in politics are extremely weird and behave very oddly because they're trying to like put out a certain impression but like yeah like tom cotton and ted cruz you know nobody who acts like that in real life right but like yang just is what he is but i think he's also i think what the interview highlights is he's like very right on and understands issues and thinks about issues and reads a lot of stuff and he knows things you know right and it doesn't matter if he's a big like i don't know how the in new york there are immediate and upfront issues what you need is somebody to address those issues mm-hmm. not the way like the moron uh, clown right now does uh de blasio where he looks at the crime in the streets and says, well, you know, th- this is a social justice issue and a criminal justice issue mm-hmm. and where to take the where, where to allow a certain freedom of movement and we allow this to happen because we need to concentrate elsewhere, uh, concentrate on his ideological uh, symbolic goals rather than the real stuff happening in the streets. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think everybody knows New York needs help now. Right. There is it needs a first responder mayor. And mm-hmm. I think Yang has the common sense to know that. You know, we don't, it's not time to rethink the monorail. It's time to fix the damage in New York. Right. Yeah. <coughs> they need to stop the bleeding from the people trying to leave the city. Right. They need to fix the crime issues. They need to rebuild trust after the bungled coronavirus thing. Like, they, New York has a lot of work that they need to do, clearly. But Else. on that note, now I'll let you go. But I just wanted to get in that Yang tidbit for the day. Good. Anyway, that was on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. We're what? Um, we should make sure that, or we should ask, we should implore mm-hmm. people to leave a f- 
five-star thing on I, whatever that is. Okay, write a review on Apple Podcasts for this podcast. If you don't mind. five-star rating it, and write a review. Yeah, I do. I, believe me, it's my own podcast, and I never do. I did today for the first time in a while. I left five stars. I didn't write a review. I left five stars. But it means something. It does something. So if you don't mind, if you have the time, please do it. I feel like a schmuck for I read all the reviews. I love reading the reviews. Yes. One person said that... Um, that they wish they were our kid. Oh, man. <laughs> it made me feel really old. Well, if you like uh, <laughs> having interactions with the police, then you would like to be our kid, I can tell you. Anyway, um, so you can write us a review or just yell at us on Twitter, I guess. That's Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Burn Barrel Podcast.com. We're also on Gab and Parlor at Burn Barrel Podcast. You can send us an email. BurnBarrelPodcast at gmail.com and uh, also you can watch video versions of the podcast on our YouTube channel. That's Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel on YouTube. C'est la vie.